say to you, whether you be a member or whether you're a guest, we would like to sing happy birthday. If you have a birthday in August, please stand. Please. Okay, yes. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. God bless you. Happy birthday to you. May you have many more. Now, would everyone stand? And welcome our youth who are going to direct us this morning in our worship service. Come, youth.
welcome to Zion Baptist Church. I hope your hearts are prepared to worship this morning. This is Youth Sunday, so get ready to see our youth in action. If you are visiting with us today, we want you to know that you're a special guest. Please make sure that you're at home, go on and kick off your shoes and have a good time. There is a tear-off in the bulletin we ask you to fill out, not so that we can bother you, but so we can give you more information about our church and pray for you. Also, Pastor Keith will be in Lumberton this week with the North Carolina Baptist men, and he will be repairing Hurricane Matthew damage. He'll be back this Thursday evening. You can see that other things are going on in our bulletin, and we're, I'm not going to read all of that out, but please take some time to look it over and look at our prayer list. Before we get things kicked off, let me ask you all to do something like Pastor Keith would. Turn to your neighbor and give him a big southern smile. That'll be all today. Now, Miss Beverly, with more announcements. Um, I just have a quick announcement. Um, as most of you know, Ashley's been interning at Amherst Baptist Church this summer with the youth. They're having a youth bash Saturday night from six to nine, and <laughs> it's for youth in college. And also, I. Um, recommend any kids that are going into sixth grade that would like to come to come um they're going to be music food worship actually sarah ashley jazzy and Lori smith are participating in the praise band ashley will be doing a video testimony trey's doing a video message and cameron will be opening the event with prayer so there's several from our church that are participating if you're interested in going just let me know um probably by tomorrow morning or let ashley know because we have to have a head count for the food Okay, thank you. Oh, Sarah Smith will come to our altar prayer. Good morning. Okay, so um, we do have a few praise reports, which is always great. Sue Patton had her chemo, and there was very little side effects, so let's give the Lord a shout for that. And Renee Taylor had tests this week and no new spots for the first time in over a year. So bless God. Okay, so um, are there any prayer requests that we need to lift up? We need to remember Stephen Collins. It's his first day at the new church preaching, but is there anything else? No? Okay. Well, if we'll all bow our heads and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you today for letting us be here to worship you, Lord. I thank you for a wonderful blue sky and just your, just being able to see your creation everywhere. Father, I thank you for every single person that's in here today, Lord. I thank you for all of the praise reports, Lord. And if there's any prayer requests, I pray that um, you would take care of those, Lord, because you know better than we do. I pray that you'll help this service go well, touch everyone that's in here, Lord, and the people that are going to be speaking, and uh, just... Forgive us when we fail you, Lord. We love you. Just now pray. Amen. That saved a wretch 
blessings that you've given us and the beautiful day that you've um, given us to, to allow us to come together and praise and worship your name. I pray, dear Lord, that you will take this offering use it, and use it to glorify you and uh, your church, dear Lord, so that we may continue to spread your word and praise you. I thank you for everyone that is here today, today, dear Lord. I thank you for all the safe travels that you gave them. Um, I pray that everyone leaves here with hearts full of joy and peace because you are on the throne, dear Lord, and you will always be on the throne. And just now I pray. Amen.
I just want to. Okay, yeah. I just want to thank the the church for supporting the youth, and these guys are a result of you guys. So um, I just want to appreciate you all and all you do for our youth, and from the barbecue and um, any fundraiser. And we know you guys are praying for us, so just thank you guys. Um, so Beverly asked me to uh, talk about the Chicago trip. So, um, so. We went to Chicago a couple weeks ago with the college kids, and we were in Park Forest, Illinois, which is about like a two-hour train ride outside the city of Chicago. And our job that week was to do vacation Bible school. Um, so every morning we would get up, and it would be from like 8 to 12, and uh, we'd feed the kids breakfast and uh, you know teach a Bible lesson. And they'd have an activity, so I was the rec guy, so we played tag a lot, just running all their energy out. And uh, after they, you know, listened to a Bible lesson that, you know, uh, Sarah and Ashley and Madison taught the class. Um, yep, there's me playing basketball. So, well, I'm supposed to be in that picture. I was probably too tired. I was probably sitting on the bench or something like that. But, uh, but yeah. But, uh Chicago is a very uh, dark place. Um, 
it's a place of like political turmoil. It's very divided. And like the message, uh, Pastor Chris, um, who's pastoring Garden of Peace, he's trying to say, you know, there's no, we shouldn't ever put our faith in any like political figure, but our faith should be in Christ. And that's the message he's been trying to get across to the people of Chicago. And it's working, um, you know, slowly and surely. His church is starting to grow, and with you know the time and the prayer, and God's doing work there. Um, so after we did VBS, we got to you know go in the city a little bit. Um, you know we got to see all the sites, got to see the Bean, uh, magnificent mile. But uh, the girls had a spa day, and uh, we went. The guys went bowling, so that was pretty fun. Um, but. While I'm up here, I just want to ask you guys to like pray for Chicago. Um, we went to we went past the association building, and they said like it had bullet holes in it. So it's a place where it's really really violent in the city of Chicago. Um, so it's a very 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 dark area. So if you guys can just you know continue to pray, um, pray for the people of Chicago. Pay for Pastor Chris as he's continuing to preach the gospel and share the gospel. Um, also, like, pray for fun, you know, they can have some funds because, you know, they're not as blessed as, like, we are here, and they don't have as much money, but they're doing well with what they have. Um, but, you guys, I just want to thank you guys for giving us the opportunity to go to Chicago, and, uh, yeah, that's about it. Appreciate it. <laughs> cursed in my name is praise but it wasn't always this way the world was waiting for you the prophesied one the one Micah predicted in Bethlehem come King David named you Lord a thousand years before this day which is why I find it odd that your name is cursed and my name is praised. You're the image bearer of Isaac following his father. You're the one Isaiah saw as a lamb led to the slaughter. The psalmist called you a stone rejected by the builders and Jeremiah knew you'd be betrayed for 30 coins of silver. So how did you not know that this would be the end. Did you not know your betrayer would be a friend? It's always a surprise who will backstab us. I should know, because your name is Jesus, and my name is Barabbas. Yes, I heard about you. You're that teacher the Pharisees despise. You tell the blind to go in peace right after you open their eyes. 
You command demons to come out. You heal the crippled and the deaf. The lepers shout your name. You told Lazarus to wake from death. But if you are so powerful, then why are you on that tree? Why am I the criminal on this hillside standing free? Why didn't you speak up? Where was all of heaven's descent? We all know my name was guilty and your name innocent. Those should have been my chains. That should have been my road. Now your name is crucify and my name is let him go. That was my flogging, my beating, my skin. But now your name is death row and my name is forgiven. That was my spit, my ridicule, my gasp, my worry. That was my Via Dolorosa and my burden that you carry. Those were my thorns. That was meant to be my crown. It should have been my blood that was dripping on the ground. Those were my nails, my wrists in wretched perforation. Those were my desperate lungs resisting suffocation. That was my punishment, my wrath, my justice on display. Do you see? My name is death in your name. Sacrifice for liars, for cheaters, for the rotten, for thieves, for a good man one might die. But then, why would you die for me? Do you not see my anger, my wickedness and malice? I know your name is Jesus, but do you know my name's Barabbas? Are you a friend of sinners? Why invite me to your table? Do you know I was a murderer? I am Cain. You are Abel. Are you the father unto me? Because I am prodigal, unworthy. My name is undeserving, but your name must be mercy. I am Gomer, unfaithful, but you still call me bride. I am one who ran away. Your name is Leave the 99. My name is fatherless, abandoned. Your name is welcome home. In a world of dreadful kings, you're the king who left his throne. Do you not see? This is a scandal. How reckless could you be? That was my mocking you endured. That was my place on Calvary. That was my spear that stuck into your side. That was my sorrow, my grief, my suffering in your eyes. Years of my rebellion. Of condemnation, who are you to hang them having my humiliation? That was my sin, my shame, my pain, and my cause. You took what I deserved, Jesus. That was my cross. And even if I doubt it. Never followed you. You humbled yourself into death, followed through, taking up my cross, brutal and rugged, because your name is love. And my name is.
Before I spoke a word, you were singing over me. You have been so, so good to me. Before I took a breath, you breathed your life in me. You have been so, so kind to me. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves to 99. I couldn't earn it, I don't deserve it. Still you give yourself away Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending Reckless love of God I was your foe, still your love fought for me. You have been so, so good to me. When I felt no worth, you paid it all for me. You have been so, so kind.
Where did it go? Oh, okay. <laughs> How are y'all? Yeah. Just try and pass the time while I get ready. <laughs> I tell you, I, I mean, that was powerful right there. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. So if you want to turn with me, I'll be reading out Matthew chapter 27 and verses 24 to 29. And then I'll be jumping around a bit, but you don't have to turn to those. That way you don't have to go flipping all over the place. Uh, you know, uh, I'll start reading verse 24. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I liken unto him a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And every one that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. And it came to pass, when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one as having authority, and not as the scribes. You see, in this parable, Jesus talks about two people. Probably ordinary people like you and me. And now these people in this parable have similar things in common. They both heard God's word. They both feel. Then the storm comes. And you see, one man built his house upon the rock. And the rains came down. And the storm came and beat upon the house. And it stood. While the second man built his house upon the sand. The rains came It blew down the house, and the house fell, and great was the fall. So the question I have for you today is, what foundation are you building upon? And you see, the reason, because are you building on the rock, or are you building on the sand? 
See, it's not a rock, for it's the rock, for there's only one rock, which is Jesus Christ. There's no other way. For you see, in John 14, verse 6, it says, Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. So why do we need this solid foundation? We see, in the beginning, everything was perfect. God can get to man, man can get to God. A perfect relationship. But what happened was sin came into the world and it tore and shattered that foundation. But there is hope, and that hope is a man named Jesus. And what Jesus did was he created a bridge and spread his arms like this on that cross so that we may have a chance. You know, Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulations work with patience. And patience experience and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given us. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet preadventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also join God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received atonement. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered to the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men that have sinned. Romans chapter 5, 18, verses 20 through 21. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered, the defense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life. And you see, I'm not sure what you're going through. I don't know what y'all's lives are like. But let me tell you this. The question shouldn't be, how big are the storms? Or how big the giants are? The question is, how big is your God? Because let me tell you something. There ain't no storm. There ain't no giant. There ain't no problem that's big or too small where God can't handle. And there ain't no sin where God ain't willing to forgive. question is, are you willing to repent? You know, I feel like a lot of times we often forget about that second part, repentance. And I was reading, and some of this dawned on my mind. And it's like, forgiveness is a request. Repentance is an action. So, how do we get this strong foundation? Well, it's simple. For John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believe in him should not perish, 
but have everlasting life. See, God didn't come down because we were good people. God didn't, because, you know, we don't deserve God's love. I don't deserve it. In fact, if I got what I deserve, I deserve to be thrown in the deepest, darkest, hottest pit of hell they can find, only to be given a shovel and told to dig a few feet deeper. But, you know, even though we are not worthy, God, with his perfect love, looked down and said, You may not be worthy. I know you're going to mess up on this day. I know you may reject me. I know there's a chance you may never accept me in your life. But let me tell you something. You're worth it to me. Jesus didn't die so we can go to heaven. He died because he didn't want to go without us. So, question I have for you. Where are you building? Are you building on the rock or the sand? So, see, if you admit that you're a sinner in need of a Savior, believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that God rose him from the dead and confess Jesus Christ as your Lord, you will be saved. Because, you know, that's like the man who built his house on the sand. He probably wasn't expecting the storm. He probably wasn't expecting how much the sand would move. But also with the man who built his house on the stone, on the rock, he probably didn't expect the storm. Kind of like how life does that to us sometimes. We don't expect it. But the man on the rock had hope. And that hope was Jesus Christ. So... The thing is, I encourage y'all, if God is telling you to do something, do it. If God's tugging in your heart, and listen, if he's telling you to come up to this altar and pray, don't hesitate. Even if, like, if I... Get the hint, Satan. <laughs> You know, it's it's all right to have fun in the house of God. (laughs) Right. There you go. Where was I at? Oh, well. (laughs) But anyway, kind of like how Jesus didn't leave Peter out in that storm. And whenever Peter took his eyes off of Jesus and Peter started sinking... Jesus reached down his hand and took him up. Because, you know, we are not promised tomorrow. We are not, for all I know, I could die right now. And they will not find a problem with me. Because that's one of the biggest lies that Satan tells people. You can do it tomorrow. Why are you still building on the sand if you know that house is going to fall down? Why not get up on that rock? Jesus loves you, this I know. For up Calvary did he go. And I think that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> so. Right. So, now it's time for me to introduce a real speaker, a true friend, Cameron. thing might not work at all. Okay, so I want to thank y'all for being here this morning. 
Um, we really appreciate everyone coming out. Um, if you'll grab, okay, I guess both my mics are working now. Um, if you'll grab your Bibles and turn with me to Job chapter 1, uh, Job chapter 1, we're going to be reading through that entire chapter. Um, and Eli just told us a lot about building a strong foundation. And so what I kind of want to talk about this morning is when that foundation is shaken. Because at some point in your life, your foundation will be shaken. And the question is just going to be, is your foundation going to hold up? Is it going to still be standing after that foundation has been shaken? Are you building on things that will be lasting? Um, So starting in Job chapter 1, in verse number 1 it says, There was a man in the country of Uz named Job. He was a man of perfect integrity who feared God and turned away from evil. He had seven sons and three daughters. His estate included 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a very large number of servants. Job was the greatest man among all the people of the East, and his sons used to take turns having banquets at their homes, and they would, spend, they would send an invitation to their three sisters to eat and drink with them. Whenever a round of banqueting was over, Job would send for his children and purify them, rising early in the morning to offer burnt offerings for all of them, for Job thought, perhaps my children have sinned, having cursed God in their hearts. This was Job's regular practice. One day the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them. The Lord asked Satan, saying, Where have you come from? From roaming the earth, Satan answered him, and walking around on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? No one else on earth is like him, a man of perfect integrity, who fears God and turns away from evil. Satan answered the Lord, Does Job fear God for nothing? Haven't you placed a hedge around him and his household and everything he owns? You have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions, and have increased in the land. But stretch out your hand and strike everything he owns, and he will surely curse you to your face. Very well, the Lord told Satan, everything he owns is in your power. However, you must not lay a hand on Job himself. So Satan left the Lord's presence, and one day when Job's sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house, a messenger came to Job and reported, while the oxen were plowing and the donkeys were grazing nearby, the Sabines swooped down and took them away. They struck down the servants with a sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. He was still speaking when another messenger came and reported a lightning storm struck from heaven, and it burned up the sheep and the servants and devoured them, and I alone have escaped to tell you. That messenger was still speaking when yet another came and reported, The Chaldeans formed three bands, made a raid on the camels, and took them away. They struck down the servants with a sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. And he was still speaking when another messenger came and reported, Your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. Suddenly a powerful wind swept in, and the desert struck the four, from the desert and struck the four corners of the house. It collapsed on the young people so that they died, and I alone have escaped to tell you. Then Job stood up, tore his robe, and shaved his head. He fell to the ground and worshipped, saying, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will lead this life. The Lord gives, and the Lord takes away. Praise the name of Yahweh throughout all this. Job did not sin or blame God for anything. Let's pray. Dear God, I want to thank you for this day, Lord, for this morning, this opportunity to come into your house, Lord, and worship together and to, to hear from your word and to, and to study it and learn from it, Lord. I pray that you'll just open our hearts and our minds, Lord, that we will, we will take this passage and we will consider it and we will uh, apply it to our lives, Lord. I pray that you'll just be with us this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, um, my first point I want to talk about is our personal foundation um, from this chapter. You see, Job had a personal foundation that was built on Jesus Christ. See, Job lost almost everything he had 
And after losing all these things, if you go on in chapter 2, it says that he was then covered in boils and sores. Um, his wife told him that he needed to rebuke God, he needed to curse God and turn away from him. He even had three friends that came and they consoled him, but then told him, well, you must have done something wrong to deserve this. You must have sinned in some way, so tell us what it was and repent from it, right? But Job was persistent. Job constantly said, he said, no, I... I Believe in God. I'm sticking with God. I didn't do anything. God is testing me. He's trying me. And Job stayed with God through that whole time. He never once rebuked God. He never once cursed God because he had a, a foundation that was built on God. When everything was stripped away from him and all he had left was God, God was enough for him. You see, Job, he faced a lot of loss. I mean, I don't know if y'all, right here at the beginning of the chapter, when it was naming off the things that he lost, 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a very large number of servants. That's a lot. That was a big amount of stuff to lose. Like nowadays, we can lose very little and be like, oh no, I'm being tried, I'm being tested. But in reality, that's just kind of how life goes sometimes. No, see, Job lost everything. He lost everything. It was a major thing to lose that much. Uh, and Job, Job was a man of God. He was a, an honorable man. And, and he, that foundation, like I said, when everything was stripped away, he still had God. Um, I want to look real quickly at Mark chapter 2. If you'll turn with me to Mark chapter 2, um, verses 1 through 12. Um, I'm going to read that real quick. And it says, When he entered Capernaum again after some days, it was reported that he was at home. So many people gathered together there that there was no more room, not even in the doorway. And he was speaking the message to them. Then they, came, then they came to him, bringing a paralytic carried by four men. Since they were not able to bring him, bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, they removed the roof above where he was. And when they had broken through, they lowered their mat in which the paralytic was lying. Seeing their faith, Jesus told the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. But some of the scribes were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does he speak like this? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Right away, Jesus understood in his spirit that they were thinking like this within themselves. And they said to him, Why are you thinking these things in your heart? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven? Or to say, Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. But so you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He told the paralytic, I tell you, Get up, pick up your mat, and go home. And immediately he got up, picked up the mat, and went out in front of everyone. As a result, they were all astounded and gave glory to God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. You see... In your life, your foundation should be built on God, but as Christians, we should come together as a body of Christ to love and support one another and help build up the foundations of other Christians. If you recognize that you have a weak foundation, that you're building on things that are not of God, get yourself in a church. Get yourself around other fellow believers who are going to be there to support you and strengthen you and help build that foundation, which should be focused on God. But those believers should be there to support and help, believe, help you strengthen that foundation. And once you've gotten to that point where you have a strong foundation, you need to do that for others. You need to go and support and help those who have weak foundations. Help build them up in Christ so they can grow closer to Him. Disciples making disciples. You see, that's kind of how this foundation thing works. We, we need to build our foundations on God, but we need to support each other through it. Um, quickly, I want to kind of illustrate this for you. Um, so I'm just going to step down here real quick. I have this stack of Jenga blocks. Has anyone in here ever played the game Jenga before? 
Okay, I guess no one's ever played this game. All right, that's cool. Um, so this is a completed Jenga tower. It's completely built. See, I can take it. I can shake it around some. I can move it. I can do whatever I want to it. I can slide it. It's still standing. It's totally fine. Yeah, I've moved it around some, and it, it might be a little, little shaky, but it's still standing. You see, this is a foundation built on God, built on God's kingdom. But now, when we build our lives on things that are temperamental and of this world that aren't going to last, like, say, maybe money. Okay, so here, let me take a block out right here. That's money. It's not going to do you any good. Cars, houses, jobs. You see what I'm saying? When you build your foundation on things that aren't going to last, when you build it on things that are not of God, that foundation will fall, and it will crumble to the ground. See, we need to make sure that our foundations are built on Christ. Because if that would have been foundation built on God, like you've seen before, it wouldn't have fallen. But I took out the blocks of things that we build our lives on. So often we build our lives on things that are temporary, that, that aren't going to last. What others think of us, how much money we make at work, whether or not we can get the nicest cars, whether or not we can get a big house. We build on things that are not important. But when we build on God, our foundations will stand strong. So, like Eli said before... What are you building your foundation on? Are you building your foundation on things of God, things that are going to last, things that will hold up, or are you building on things that are temporary, that aren't going to last, that are going to fall inevitably? It's going to happen. Don't think that the trials won't come, because they will. They will come. And is your foundation going to fall like this tower did, or is it going to stand? I want to um, go ahead and ask... Um, we're going to go ahead and do the imitation, so if you will go ahead and play, Lori... Um, what is your foundation built on this morning? I want you to look at your life and think, am I building on things of God or am I building on things that aren't going to last? What am I building my foundation on? Because if you're building your foundation on things that are temporary, that aren't going to last, that are not of a God, you need to come to the altar this morning. You need to get right with God. You need to pray to Him and say, Lord, I pray that you will help me build my foundation on you. And then once you've done that, you need to find fellow believers to surround yourself with that will support you and love you and help disciple you and teach you so that you can build that foundation, all the while focusing it on God and not on those believers, however. Um, so if y'all, we're going to have the invitation now, so if y'all want to come up and pray, whatever it may be, you can come talk to me, you'll come this morning. Lord, I come. I confess, bowing here, I find my rest. Without you, I fall apart. You're the one that guides my heart. Lord, I need you, oh, I need you, every hour I need you, my one defense, my righteousness, oh God, how I sin runs deep your grace is more where grace is found 
is where you are, where you are, Lord, I am free, holiness is Christ in me, Lord, I need you, oh, I Teach my song to rise to you when temptation comes my way. And when I cannot stand, I'll fall on you. Jesus, you're my hope and stay. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you Every hour I need you My one defense My righteousness Oh God, how I need you You're my one defense My righteousness everybody here today had a great time. I know my heart is blessed being here this morning. I hope you leave here with your hearts blessed as well. Um, But if you haven't made that decision today, I urge you not to leave this room, not to leave this premises without getting right with the Lord this morning. And with that said, I will dismiss us. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the beautiful Sunday you've created for us to enjoy. I thank you for gathering us here today, Lord, to worship you. Lord, I ask that you be with each and every person in here this morning. And as, they, as we go back out to work and go back to our daily lives this week, I ask that you help us to apply to our lives what we learned today and that we build our foundation on you. In your name I pray, amen. I've got one thing quickly before you go. Uh, I'm going to ask the youth, all the students here this morning, if you will, uh, just make your way to the front. I want to say thank you. Uh, what a wonderful time and opportunity to come together and worship uh, the Lord, and and you've led us in that. And I, I believe that from the cradle uh, to the grave, God can use each of us to lead others in worship and praise of His name. And thank you, young people, for doing that. Uh, Eli, uh, Cameron. What a wonderful word from God, the songs this morning. And I'm going to tell you what, I love that song, Church Clap. I know the words are hard to understand, 
but it talks about, uh, thank God, uh, for God Almighty, that good old gospel, <laughs> sound doctrine. Amen. And uh, I like that. And uh, thank you all for leading us in worship this morning. You come up and let them know how much you love them and appreciate them. And, uh, well, just an amazing time. Uh, uh, thank you uh, this morning for leading us to the Lord. Uh, that's how I reckon that's everything. So uh, thank you once again. Thank you, Zion Baptist Church, for supporting these young people. Come up and let them know how much you love them, and then you're dismissed. Thank you.